Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. And it makes me stronger. So age is really a number. When I go into the dojo, I don't even think they perceive me as a female. Welcome back to the Coaching Call Podcast. My guest is Juanita Cap. Juanita is a public speaker who is in the ministry for 15 years. She has extensive knowledge on various topics such as leadership and communication and has emceed many executive and academic events. Juanita, thank you so much for joining me. How are you this morning? Oh, Sifu, thank you so much for inviting me. I am having a fabulous morning. How are you? Oh, exceptional. Having a great one as well. I had two shows already this morning. One was at 4.30 a.m. and the other one was at 8.30 and now I'm here with you. So I'm having a blast. I'm so happy to hear that you've had a wonderful morning and I always look forward to watching your live. So I'll be catching up on those two later today. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. So where where do you call home? I come from South Africa, but I traveled mm. to the U.S. because I wanted to come and visit New Jersey and some of my friends here in the States. And I have to say it has been a very pleasant experience. Americans are amazing and I call them family. And I just want to say God bless America. This is just a phenomenal country. Uh, yes, I agree. I agree. And I know you're visiting me on in two days and I'm excited about that. I can't believe that we are going to be together on Thursday, and I believe you're going to be giving a Kung Fu class. I look forward to that. Yes, it'll be fun. It'll be fun for sure. Yeah. I, I want to get into who Juanita is. What motivated you up to today to be who you are? Your childhood. Who yeah. would you say were some of your role models? Who do you think impacted you the most? Absolutely. Thank you for that wonderful question. I'd have to say my mother. I grew up in a home where I only really had my mom. And, uh, you know, if you go through life, uh, different things happen to you. So I've always been a little bit different than the rest of society. Whenever I faced rejection, whenever I had uh, things that were pushing against me, those weren't things that made me despondent. Those were things that, that really pushed me to the finish line. So I would say, uh, you know, the people that were that were making less excited um, about my life journey, those were really the people that impacted me the most because they helped me to want to attain and win more. But in all of that, my mom was a very, very strong foundation for me. So I'd have to go with my mom. What, what lessons would you say that you recall that your mom helped you with? Uh, before she passed in 2020 from stage four brain cancer, she mm. really taught me the following few things. She taught me that giving up is not an option. And that's something that I grew up with. And she taught me a second thing. And that's been really what has helped me in the martial arts world. She taught me that nothing, I can do everything that I put my mind to. So nothing is impossible. So if I look at it, uh, let's say I want to do a flying arm bar or I want to do a new weapon, you know, and it's new and it's fresh. I will always hear those words, you know, I can do anything I put my mind to. And those are the two main lessons she taught. Wow, that's great lessons because she, your mom was a, a genius, of course. We know that, right? Because it's so yeah. right. It is, you know, and, and when we think about 
the people who influenced us, who made an impact on us, your mom being one of them, being that she was really the only one that was there for you throughout all those challenging and fun times, right? It's not just the challenging times, but it's the fun times, the fun memories that you have with your mom. Man, they're so cherishable, aren't they? Absolutely. And they culminate and they shape our character. And Sifu Raphael, you'll know in the martial arts world, you've done that so many years. We train and we focus, but we also grow and we bond. And that's the Mm. fun times, you know, after the training session, when I've got a black eye or I have a bloody nose, we we fight and we're serious, but afterwards we are a close family. So that's that's like a, a training ground for us and character shaping. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And and you talked about character shaping. And your mom was there all along, helping you, guiding you, giving you advice. Yeah, she was. So who in, besides your mom, and I know that your mom was a huge part yeah. of you, right? Who besides, whether it's a book, a writer, um, a movie, something that triggered a thought in you and said, this is the way I want to live my life. Yeah. Well, I'd have to say Mike Yoshi. Uh, mm. He is a seventh dan. And I was the only actually parent that went to the dojo that started lessons. And, you know, we, we went into tough fighting. And he's always just been encouraging me and bringing the best out in me. And that's what I love. He, mm. he saw my, my hunger and my passion for it. And he decided to make it his mission to turn that into a life journey for me. So I'd have to say he has been very instrumental. It wasn't for him. A lot of things in my life wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't have overcome a lot of ideas and concepts in my life. But just having his strength there and his confidence in me uh, and, you know, the love that we share as fellow martial artists, uh, that has been really instrumental in my life. Mm -hmm. He believes, you know, if you have a student, you have to believe in them. And that brings out the best in them naturally. It sure does. It sure does. And, you know, when we have someone, and it doesn't matter the age, someone who believes in us, someone who says, instead of, you know, we have parents that, uh, like, a a child falls down and they're like, you could never do that again because you're going to get hurt again. Meanwhile, we need someone who says, okay, you fell down, let's get up and let's figure out how not to fall again, right? Let's figure out how to fall. If we're going to fall, how to fall properly, what to do better, how to learn from that mistake, right? Exactly. And I was thinking as you were talking about falling, you know, how to break fall properly if you Mm -hmm. get into the wrong uh, fight or if you're in a dangerous situation. So I love that illustration. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. You know, I've had so many coaches in my life, me being a coach to other people. But everybody in my life has allowed me to be who I am, including the people who hurt me. I consider them coaches, right? Oh, I love that. I love that. Oos. I oos to that, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What made you decide to go into, because you have been on many stages, you've been in magazines, you are into leadership, you're into coaching people, you're into communication. What led you in that path? Or who? Or was it a moment in time that you said, hmm, this is what I want? What was that? Yeah, I love that question. You're asking beautiful questions. And thank you for that. I appreciate that because it, it makes me excited, you know, to be here with you. I remember that my, I've always been an athletic person. And uh, I, I remember said to my biology uh, biology teacher one day, I want to master the pen and the sword as I want to be an academic, but I also want to be an athlete. And he came to me and he said to me the following, he looked at me and he said, Juanita, I see you. I see you're busy with everything in school, every field, you know, every area that we can be in, Juanita is there. And he looked at me and he said, the more, remember this for your life, the more you do, the more you can do. Oh, yeah. And he said, I should never lose that essence of Juanita because she's all over the place, man. This, today she's doing public speaking. Tomorrow she's running a marathon. And, 
so so I, I really took those words to heart. His name is Ion Lowe, and he's also, uh, of course, from South Africa. And he said to me, the more you do, the more you can do. And I took that philosophy into my life. That's great philosophy because I always want to associate myself with someone who's doing a lot. Yeah. I really don't. If if I associate myself with someone who's doing very little, it means they're going to expect me to do more for them. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we can run together instead of me pulling you all the time, right? So imagine you're you're sitting in a in a in a rolling cart and I'm the one that has to pull you. I rather you run next to me, right? So that's the kind of people I like to associate with. People who are running. And by the way, you know, in a sense, I'd, I'd like to address the audience with you because you raised a very, very important point. We cannot drag other people along with us. Mm-hmm. That is not something that we should be doing. And, and that's why people do a lot of things and you want to run alongside. We owe that to the people that walk alongside us to be as strong as they are. And martial arts teaches you that. Because Sifu will know when we do jiu-jitsu, for instance, when we practice, we go 50%. We go 80%. And we tell each other that because the point of the whole process is we have to learn from each other. If someone's not giving their best, we can't drag them along. And the learning experience will not work out the way it's supposed to. So I love that point that you raised. Let's run together and let's match that energy. Don't expect people to drag you along. It's not fair. No, not at all. Not at all. When did you get into martial arts and and what was that moment when you said, I want to do that? I I went into it in 2016. I was at my son's grading because he started six months before me. And I saw that vigor and that passion that had developed in his spirit. And I was at the grading and I looked at his, uh, his face. And I could see he was just in that place, you know, where he was just Mm. coming into his own. And I thought to myself, along the years that I've gone through, uh, what I've gone through, I lost a little bit of that. And I wanted that back in myself as well. So I went to the the Kiyoshi and I said, do you do classes for grown-ups? Because I was going through a situation where I had to learn how to defend myself. Things went... uh, very safe for me, always around me. And he looked at me and he said, of course I do. Well, I do now. And I started my first class. And when I started my first class, he looked at me and he, and he, he looked at me and he stopped and he said, are you sure you haven't done this before? Mm. And I said, I've never done this before because my balance was on point. Uh, my strength was on point. I was focused. Uh, he showed me a few moves and I could uh, do the techniques. And I always said to him, it's because he's such a wonderful teacher. You know, if you have a wonderful teacher like Sifu Raphael or Mike Yoshi, it's easy to get into martial arts and to become good at it because you, uh, our teachers, uh, elevate us. Yeah, you know what? It, when we do have great teachers, they bring out the best in us, right? Immediately. We don't have to wait years and years and years for this to happen. It does have to yes. happen because everybody is is a beautiful soul. Everybody has capabilities. The problem with yes. some people is they don't realize it or they don't have someone else pointing it out for them, right? Yes, I agree with you 100%. And that's where I believe, Sifu, because I follow you on social media and I see how you empower people. And I can just imagine what a wonderful teacher you are to your students because you live to elevate and you live to enhance. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I'm always um, telling my either my clients or my members, whoever's in front of me is doubt is going to stop you don't doubt yourself oh yes and don't doubt other people yes always give them the the value that is present right give them some some space to even make mistakes so when i teach an instructor because i teach instructors as well one of the things i tell them is yeah don't overcorrect. it's okay for them to make mistakes because if 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 they're going to be perfect. By the way, nobody is ever perfect, including you and me. Nobody's perfect. But 
exactly if we ex- if we expect them to be exact every single time without failing yeah how are they going to grow they can't and we can't be helicopter parents or helicopter instructors and fix this fix this fix this fix this you know one of the things that i tell my instructors is we're here to empower them if mm. we continually make corrections we're sending yeah. a different message and the message is yeah i got to keep correcting you because you're no good yeah and that's a bad message i correct yes. once in a while i allow you to make mistakes and i don't you. and i let you be because guess what yeah i can't teach it all to you in one lesson this is why we no. keep going back and back and back so i can't make a thousand corrections in one lesson maybe i'll make one or two yes and then next one maybe you fix it on your own because that's where practice comes in that's what self assessment comes in right absolutely i love that and i love the approach that you take because if we teach people it's okay to make a mistake and correct it they are going to have the courage to explore because sifu and i will both tell you when you start out in martial arts I can do I can stand next to a hundred other females or males that do shorin ru shorin kan karate but I take that karate and I make it my own mm. so the principles stay the same but when when one nida does it it doesn't really <laughs> look exactly the same as when Sifu Rafael does it you make it your own and you the only way you get this if you're allowed to make mistakes yeah so w- one of the things that and I I appreciate you saying that because making it your own is definitely what i tell my students at all times and i have we have pictures of the ancestors yeah but we don't have one picture there's not one wow. ancestor there's many ancestors because each one taught a yeah. different type of a, a different way or a different way they taught the lesson or a different style so we gather all of that information in order yes. to become better and so i do encourage my students to let's keep it alive because if i died right now how much of it would stay how much of it would stay in you yeah and how much can you deliver back to other people one of the models i also teach is absolutely learn to teach but teach to learn because this way if we can learn it and then we can reverberate reverberate it back to someone that means we understand it So this is why yeah I always tell my students okay teach it back to me and they're like what yes. I'm like yeah I just taught it to you do you understand it yeah I get it okay teach it back uh wait a minute so so maybe you don't have it let's try it some more and then I want you to teach it back to me so to me it's it's understanding and passing it down not just to me but to many generations to come yeah absolutely and and that's where the learning comes because sifa mm-hmm. will know these terms and the other martial artists in in uh, in the audience will know the bunkai of what you do is very important it's very pretty to do something and it looks amazing and it's badass and everything is cool but you have to know what the moves mean what does it mean when you do this What does yeah. it mean when you do a sota uke or a gedang brai? What are you breaking? Yeah. <laughs> How are you attacking your opponent? When you start to picture that in your mind, that's when the art becomes alive and you realize why you are doing what you are doing. So I love the way you teach people. I can't wait for our class on Thursday. I'm excited. <laughs> We're going to have a blast for sure. When we think about learning, right it's it's almost like when somebody walks into a conversation and they don't know what's going on and they immediately yes. start putting in their own input right yeah. this is why so many teachers it's that old saying remember somebody wants to learn from a master yeah and they start telling the master all these different things and so the master asks would you like some tea and the person says yes so they take tea and they start pouring and pouring and pouring and they're pouring mm-hmm. and the and the tea starts to overflow and overflow and overflow and he's like stop 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 and he goes why he goes because it's overflowing he goes exactly yeah 
And that's what yeah. you're doing. You didn't yeah. empty your cup when you came here. So you wow. need to empty your cup. Yeah. And then you have to drink from it. And then it can be refilled. But you cannot just fill it and fill it and fill it. Or think that you know everything. Because we don't know everything. We don't. We, we, we never will. <laughs> no. You know what I am, Juanita? Tell me, Sifu. I'm still a white belt. Me too. Me too. I'm always learning. Everyone I encounter teaches me something. That's that's my biggest takeaway that I've learned in life, that learning yeah. is never ending. And when I learn something, mm -hmm. I don't bring my own two cents in. I listen. Right? I have the gift of two ears and I can listen. So I absorb. Yeah. So if I go to a conference, if I go to things, I take notes and notes and notes and notes because they may even be talking about exactly the same thing I know, but they have a different point of view. Yeah, which is wonderful. <laughs> I love that. It is. It is. And I, I enjoyed that about you because when you and I engage, I never feel, I mean, you've been doing this longer than I've been alive, I'm sure. Just and I bit. never feel just a little bit. Just a few years. And I never feel small in your presence. You always make me feel like I'm somebody important to you. And I was in a situation the other day where I did some jiu-jitsu with a few gentlemen. And I do the same as you do. Whenever I'm in someone else's dojo, when I'm in their house, when I'm in their territory, I'm a mm -hmm. guest and I'm a white belt and I'm there to learn. And I yeah. just enjoy doing that again and playing playing in the sense of learning and taking in and not getting there and say, but I know this move and I know that move. And no, it's about coming in and learning and growing. I want to grow and see for, I'm sure you are going to also say that you want to keep on growing. So that's what I love about when we engage, we have the same viewpoints. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my good friend, Krista Lima here, she, she talks about in life, you never stop learning. One thing, one could never ever take away from you is your knowledge. So, and she's she's a great martial artist, and she's she really encourages people constantly. And she's in Canada, so shout out to you, my dear friend. Shout out to you. <laughs> yes, hugs and kisses all the time. But here's the thing, right? Learning. How important is it? Because some people get up somewhere or go somewhere. And believe that they they may be an expert at yeah. something, right? Yeah. Yes. But they don't listen to the people who are not experts. Yes. Because it's a different point of view. And to me, that's a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how gifted. Listen, I, I teach five-year-olds, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, I teach them at three and a half. But they're so cute. Oh, I love it. But... They teach me. Yeah. And I've been yeah. teaching, I've been in martial arts for 47 years. They're still teaching me. Three and a half, four year old, they'll come in, they'll do something. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, and so I always want to know what made them do that. How did they do it? Yeah. And then for me, it's, I'm a kid. So yes. I, I get down and I'm like, yes. And then anytime, even if I have a kid's birthday party. Yeah. I, I let them know, guys, you're not going to have as much fun as I am. They're like, yes, we are. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm going to have more fun than you. And then we make a, a challenge. Who's going to have more fun, right? <laughs> because we cannot stop learning and being kids, right? It's a, a kid is a sponge. Yeah. A kid is a sponge. Absolutely. I, you know, you're actually making me emotional now because. Oh. So many things that you're saying are resonating with me. You know, when you and I are busy with the little ones, I have this little boy in one of the classes that I taught, and he he does his cardio with his mouth guard. <laughs> he doesn't want to take that mouth guard. Like, his name is Nikki. He doesn't want to take it out of his mouth because it makes him feel safe. So now uh -huh. he's doing his cardio. I see him chewing on the mouth guard because obviously he's, concentrating and you know when he looks at me after class and he comes and he hugs me he just mm. teaches me that love and acceptance 
and we should be like little children. That is the best martial artist in the world should be like a little child. We should look at the world in a fresh, fun way. So thank you for sharing that with me. I I, I saw that little boy and uh, I'm going to send you a photo of him. You are going to absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. On Thursday, if you want to get there as early as you like, I start my I have the little peewees. They start at 440. So if you want to get there a little earlier, uh, you know, I'd love for you to come in and, and join in and have some fun with us. I can't wait. Thank you. I'll be there. <laughs> oh, cool. So, yeah, we'll spend some time together for sure, at least a couple of hours. And when we think about not only children, right? Yeah. But let's let's even go deeper. Animals, yeah. dogs, right? Yes. Cats are a different different animal for sure. But a yeah. dog, a yeah. dog is super happy every time you come. You can leave the house. Yeah. For 20 minutes and come back. And that dog is like, wow, where have you been my whole <laughs> life? I'm crazy. I'm crazy. What's I'm here, give me a hug. Right? But we don't do that as humans, right? We we walk around cold. We walk around like this, right? Without seeing people, without acknowledging people. And we can learn from kids and we can learn from dogs because we should be happy when we first meet somebody, right? We should be happy when we see a friend, when we see someone. I'm a hugger. I love to hug, right? So me too. Look at that. We'll have to hug it out. What One of the things for me is is showing that compassion because a lot of times we don't know what someone is going through. So when we first see someone and and in the old days, because of my traditional training, it was more like, you're late. You better not be late. Now I'm like, Hey, I'm happy you're here. And that changes the dynamic of how they feel when they come in. Right. So they know I acknowledge them. I'm, I'm happy they're here please come on time. But it's also like, I don't know what happened on the way here. And, you know, some people who are always late, I'll say, hey, what's going on? How yeah. come you come on time? So it's, it's that communication. And I know you're big on communication. So tell us what motivated yes. you to even get into the leadership roles and to even have the courage to do public speaking, to get on a stage, to impact other people. What, what was that like? And, and what was your first experience like? I've always wanted to bring value to the world. Mm. Uh, I felt very devalued when I was growing up because I didn't have a father in the house. So that became my life mission, to make other people feel dignified, to make other people feel empowered and strong because I wasn't that when I was young. I had to really motivate myself. Mm. And, you know, when I went into public speaking, I did my best to uplift and elevate and love and appreciate. And in everything that I do, even with the martial arts when I'm busy, you know, at the dojo, I always encourage and um I'm like a little kid when I go to class. <laughs> so I can't wait to put on my shirt and go. I mean, the data is my second home. But it was difficult in the beginning, Steve, because, you know, when we, when we still figure out who we are and what type of people we want to be around, we have to love ourselves, master ourselves before we can bring that to the world. So I had to master the things that were wrong in me before mm. I could bring value. And so it was a journey and it was a tough one. And uh, there were many things that had to be break, broken down. And martial arts did that. Martial okay. arts took the ego and martial arts took the uh, impatience and martial arts took, uh, you know, this and that that wasn't supposed to be there. And it changed my life so that I could see, you know, everybody deserves to be treated with dignity and mm. love. And respect and everybody's important so it was difficult but it was a journey and i have to say if it wasn't for martial arts i wouldn't have accomplished half of the things that i was able to accomplish because that's really been my foundation and i'll probably do uh, martial arts until i put my head down one day <laughs> i don't think i'll ever end <laughs> no no it's it's definitely a life journey thinking about legacy right yeah when when the reason I continually do what I do is because I want to impact 
those people around me. I want to make sure that my style continues. Yes. Make sure that my teachings are going to be there 300 years from today. Beautiful. So that people can say, remember C for Raphael or whatever, he wrote this or the, so that we can impact people because we got to think later on what is going yeah. on with our teenagers nowadays oh, what are they doing yeah. why are they you know they're stuck on their phones they're not communicating they're like this the whole time it is it is a sad day when even the telephone company says one of the statistics is that phone calls are not as much as they were 20 years ago right <gasps> or or even even for the for the phone company yeah. Now everything is a text or it's a social media message, right? And I had I had my my program director talk to me yesterday and she goes, "You know, every time we get a lead that comes in, somebody wants to do our classes." Yeah. When we call, they don't answer. But when we send them a text message, they answer. Wow. So people are afraid of getting on the phone. Yeah. They don't want to do this anymore. Or they rather they want to hide behind a screen, yeah. And instead of communicating, what do you think can happen? It should happen, yeah. Because texting is is not only hurting our teens, but it's also hurting them when they drive, right? Because they think that they have to answer it. It it doesn't have to be immediate. Yes. But what can we do as martial artists, as communicators, as hosts? as yeah. uh, public speakers that can change the projection of where our communication is going i love that this is something this is a contemporary bombshell of a question i love it it's a mic drop moment because we are talking about things that are so detrimental to our future I keep uh, trying to to get to a place where we can promote the fact that martial arts should be mandatory for children in school because not only does it te teach life principles it teaches discipline but more than that it really shapes character and of course it's for self-defense but i would love to bring that into schools uh, mm. and the other thing that i love about martial arts is when we and sifu will know when we engage in uh, jiu-jitsu when we engage in a fighting, whether it's full contact or not, you learn that it's okay to be close to, we are uh, creatures, we are humans, we have to communicate. It's good to make eye contact, it's good to be in each other's space. And I see a lot of that happening at the day just because of the phones and the internet. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for people to be okay to share their personal space because that's the only way we learn. You can you cannot be a good jiu-jitsu student if you are not used to close proximity because it's all about the levers and the handles. So we have to actively fight uh, in a good sense, I'd say, uh, not fight in a in a physical sense, but we have to promote martial arts and try and get the young ones into the dojos, even if we have to take it as a subject into schools. Those life lessons are not being taught at home anymore, no. and the onus is on us to bring it into their lives so that we can shape a healthy society. We need healthy individuals for a healthy society. And let me tell you, having this, uh, if I was to be on your podcast and you had to speak to my forehead, there would be no communication going and we wouldn't, we would miss each other. So I think we should actively work together to bring that into the curriculum, to bring more kids into dojos and even to start parental classes where we educate the parents because that will make it cipher through to the rest of the household. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, one of the things that coming up in, in martial arts, I've been to very traditional martial arts classes where there is no talking at all. Yeah. You know, it's like you bow in, you do your thing, you don't talk, you're like, you're like military, right? Because martial arts was created for the military. Yes, yes. But my classes are a little bit different. The kids yeah. do talk. They, even the adults, they have, sometimes I got to go, hey guys, let's focus on the move. Cause they're like, oh yeah, you know, I did this and I, and I'm like, all right, cool. I said, I don't mind you talking, but you still have to do the move. Right. And yes, yes. So a lot of times some of the kids are now coming early 
because they get a chance to have friends. So now they have friends, they're playing games, they sometimes they sit down, they, they sit in a circle and talk. So for me, creating an environment that not is only safe, right? So safety is number one. Beautiful. And where they are connecting. And now they have friends. And so mm. I have a teen class. And in my teen class, they all have each other's phone numbers. Oh, wow. And either they're texting or they're calling, but they connect outside yeah. of yeah. my facility. So a lot wow. of times they'll come in, they'll talk. And the, the thing, and you talked about having that connection like this, and then yeah. they fight. And then afterwards, they're hugging or they're, they're laughing. They're having a good time. So every yeah. so often... I will, you know, I do seminars and I do charge for them, but I also do free seminars Wow! where I say to them, listen, this is just for you because I want you guys to come and have a good time. I'm going to teach you some stuff, Beautiful. but bring your friends, bring friends. And by the yeah. way, when you bring friends, I'm not one of those schools that I'm going to try to enroll your friend. Mm. I'm not going to try to enroll your friend. I just want them to come and share your experience with you. Because wow. if they think that my goal is to try to snag their friends in as members, if their friends want to join, that's on them. Exactly. But I want to bring them to, to share something of what they enjoy with a friend yeah. or a relative or yeah. somebody so that they're not doing it alone. So a lot of times yeah. what I do with the little ones, I have a very strict policy. I'm not a child service care yes. facility. Of course. Yes, I'm not child care. I teach your children, but you have to be in the room. If you think that you're going to drop your kid off and go out shopping yeah. or do whatever, we're not the place for yeah. you. We're, sorry, we're not the place wow. for you. You have to. I like and I have a really nice lounge where people can sit, but the parents actually have to be in the room with the kids. Because I said to, I even said it to yesterday to a new parent. I said, he goes, oh, by the way, my wife just brings him. I'm like, no problem. I said, but I'm going to teach you some stuff so yeah, that yeah. you can work with him at home so he has a partner. So I'm trying to make the connection with parent and child. Beautiful. So it's a, it's a bigger bond. And a lot of people don't realize that, right? Yeah. A lot of people, they'll take their kids to dance class and they'll yes. watch behind a glass, right? And yes, then they're just watching yeah. or they get on their phone. They're not paying attention. Yeah. Or they take them to a football game or a soccer game and they just sit on the sidelines. They're not part of it. And I tell the parents who come to me, oh, no, you're going to be part of it. And if, if you don't want to be part of this, this is your child's growth. If you don't want to be part of it, then we're not the right school for you. So I right that. off the bat, that's what I let them know. Oh, my goodness. I've got goosebumps. Because, and this speaks to me personally, the biggest and the best bonding experience I could have ever facilitated in my life with my children was to take them and do martial arts with them. Mm. It, it has become the foundation. And I, I see what you mean with the schools. And I believe that what you do is the perfect thing. And all schools should do that because parents have to be involved and they have to also be exposed to what you are teaching. Because mm. the children, then go home and those teachings then continue and it's like a to and fro we learn from each other the parent learns from the child the child learns from a the parent they come back to the dojos they learn more from you because it's mm. a journey like you said and it's an yeah. art it's something that we hone and we will continue to do that until you know forever so i love right. your rules i love your 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 way of working with people because I can see your heart behind it. You do all of this because you really want to help people to excel and to feel like they are accomplishing something. And you want to build their, their lives up, you know, for ultimate success. Because let me tell you something. And Sifa, I say this with the greatest humility. There's a difference between a, a child that doesn't do martial arts and the child that does. And you don't have to listen to me. You can do your research. But go and look. At the differences and the way that they approach life is unmatched. We have to get our children into the dojos 
you you you're kind of breaking up a little bit so we'll give you a minute to fully come back but you're right we do have to bring the dojo or mogun whatever it is you call it back into a child's life and i agree with you and you you kind of cut out so i was kind of filling in some space so you were talking about how thank you we have to bring in the 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 dojo or the mogun in chinese we call mogun into yeah, yeah. into the child's life yeah right so go keep going on that one i like it you you were saying about how we have to do that absolutely yes we have to we have to we have to promote and i think you know people or what they do is they want to see something uh before they will really take it on in their lives they want to see uh, you know that saying that says the proof is in the pudding they want mm. to see uh, what has the transformation been so i would suggest you know if these people are they considering that want to maybe do martial arts or want to take their children go to sifu school mm. look at the children that attend the classes visit the class yourself and experience it for yourself and then make that decision I promise you, you're gonna get hooked. You're never gonna look back. And you know what? If it's not for you, that's okay as well. Okay. At least you looked into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things is we can't please everybody. Exactly. But we we need to understand that everybody. We need to give them a clean slate. Yeah. I have I have black belts that come and train with me. I have love people who are third degrees, fourth degrees in other styles. And the other day I, I had a, a gentleman and I said to him, you're fourth degree, you already teach classes. Why are you training with me? And he's a beginner with me. He's only in his second belt, he's a yellow belt. And he goes, because I became stagnant in the style I'm doing. I'm like, okay, fair enough. He goes, but what's so different? I said, because you could have gone anywhere. He goes, oh, it's extremely different here. You're very serious. I'm like, but we're not, we, we, we talk, we allow, you know, communication, we allow, he goes, oh no, the seriousness of the techniques Ooh. is what I really value. What you teach works, yeah. the way you teach it works. Wow. So I said, oh, I appreciate that. And he said that finding us, he went to a couple of other places and none of them compared, yeah. but he did go because he wanted something different. And one of the things I always tell people is like, do me a favor, check all the other places. That's fine. Yes. But don't make a decision until you've really written it down. What's the cons? What's the pros? What's what's in the long run going to be the best place for you? And mm. then make a decision. If it's not my school, that's good. As long as you're doing something, right? That's the key. Love it. Because if there's... Listen, you can open up 10 schools right next to me. Each one of us will have plenty of students. Each one of us, yeah. because we're all going to be different. We're going to teach yes. differently. But yes. it's the values that we bring that will help each person stand out. So yeah. character development, that's one of the biggest things. I give them homework. They have to they have a homework, one homework sheet once a week, but they have to practice. They have a practice sheet they have to turn in every week. Yeah. It's 15 minutes every every week. They have to practice every day, 15 minutes. Yeah. And they write down what they practice. And this way, the parents see that they're making progress. Yes. It's not yeah. just like I'm showing them up and yeah. what are they learning? Mm. Well, now you know what they're learning because you're helping them. Wow. And, wow. and I'm not having you be their teacher. You're just being their person they can work the technique on, right? I'm their teacher, or my other teachers are their teachers, right? Of so of when, when we're developing somebody, it and you know that old saying, it takes a village. Oh, it does. It sure does, right? <laughs> and the dojo is the village. <laughs> it's part of the village, but it's not the only part, right? It's part, because yeah, the house, yeah. <laughs> the home, the, the parents, you know, a lot of kids, I have a lot of kids who are, are growing up with au pairs yeah their oh, parents yeah. are almost non-existent mm -hmm. maybe they see their parents here and there yeah. but they spend most of their time with someone else someone who's not mm -hmm. even in their family yeah. someone who's going to show them some love and hopefully love 
and, and consideration and all these different things. Yeah. So when we think about impacting someone yeah, as a parent, and you're a parent, how many kids do you have? I have two. Oh, me too. Look Yay! at that. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So w- when we impact or when we do something for our kids, we need to have a goal, right? Yes. But a lot of parents, for example, let's say I'm a lawyer. My child has to be a lawyer. Or if, if I'm a, a football player, my child has to play football. But what if we actually started listening to our children? Yeah. Or my child has to, they have to have this religion because that's what I believe. Yeah. But I've allowed my kids to make their own choices. And I allow them to make their own mistakes. Some yeah. of them are like not good. And I say to them, I'm going to help you through it. Yeah. I said, but I'm not there to pull you out. I'm there to help you out. Yeah. There's a difference, right? There is. There is. Absolutely. I raised my children exactly the same way. Uh, I've, I've raised them to be bad asses, but not bad asses in the sense that they pick fights We actually see for you will know when you're a martial artist we know the techniques we know what to do we'll walk away from a fight yeah. but i raised them as bad as it's in the sense that they can do anything and as i grew up they can do anything that they put their mind to and they can do that with being people that to treat other people with dignity and being confident in themselves so my children my son for instance and this is something odd in our country when he told me he's a samurai in his heart and he wants long hair, uh, which is out of the ordinary in our country, I said, you know what? You want long hair like a samurai. You are going to have long hair like a samurai. When my daughter told me she wanted a piercing, I said, you know what? It's your body. You know what's right and wrong. They can study what they want to study. But the foundational principles comes back to the fact they know that I'm there. They know that they can handle themselves in any life situation, not just in a martial arts situation, because that's the beauty about martial arts. I take martial arts, I apply it in my family, I apply it in my relationships, the principles, and I apply it in my businesses. And just giving them that grounding factor helps them in all areas. So I agree with you. We are not there to pull them out, but we've given them the map and the tools to do so. And that's the best thing you can do. It's like taking a child to school. What's the first thing you have to teach them? The only thing you have to teach them is to read. If they can read and they know what to do, they can figure it out for themselves. So that's what I also do. I'm glad to hear we have the same parenting strategies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, there are different strategies. And I'm not yeah. saying mine and yours is the best. It's the way we decided, right? But when we have children, or if we're in charge of children, we should look at what's best for them, right? Not what's best for us, right? Because it should not be self-serving. When we serve someone, it should be, what can I do for you? A lot of people, they say that, but what they really do is what can I, what can you do for me? Right? Oh. That's the other way. It's more like, what can I do for you? And let yes. me help you out. Serve you. Yeah. Have a seventh leader's heart. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's take a minute and talk about your show. You also have a podcast. Let's talk about your show. Tell us the name of your show. Where can we find it? How do we follow you? Uh, very exciting. Let's hear about it. My show is called Particulous Moments, and I do community upliftment through leadership development. It's a community project, and it's there to highlight not only leaders that are martial artists, but leaders from all spaces of the world, all Mm. types of jobs, you know, all fields of study, because I want to do what uh, I, I, I was born to do, and that is to help people connect. And that is how to help people uh, find their zone. It's to help people connect the dots in their life so that they can realize what their life purpose is. So I also do life coaching. I have a life coach that I'm life coaching because we all need a mentor. We all need a life coach in our lives. I have a mm-hmm. friend that always says, you know, if, if you never trust a coach that doesn't have a coach. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. that's, that's what I do with my podcast. I bring upliftment. And uh, I stream in 196 countries. Uh, we mm. have 6 million viewers alone in Florida. And I'm just super blessed to be able to do this 
and to bring value to the world. Ah, that's beautiful. That is really beautiful. W- when you talk about leadership, right? Yeah, please. You're, you're a leader. You're, you're, you're not only talking about it, but you're doing it, right? Thank you, Sifu'us. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you. Like I said, I, I, I want to talk to people who are doing, not people who are sitting and, and just being a veggie, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and I do that. like I'm veggies, by the way. So oh, we, being that we both like veggies, we're going to have to eat all those people. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's eat all the veggies, right? Yeah. When people blame yeah. society, when people blame the government, when people blame other people for their shortcomings, their failures, what are they really doing? Mm. Right? They're pointing the fingers. Meanwhile, three fingers, if they're doing it in a fist style, three fingers are pointing back at you, right? Like this, you know? So stop pointing, right? (laughs) Point like this if you have to. All five fingers forward. When when we think about the people who are always blaming, they're ready to, when somebody falls down, they're ready to note it. Did you see? They fell down. They fell down. They fell down. Instead of saying, you know, we all fall down. We all have our moments when we don't shine, when we sometimes we need help. We're not always sunshine. Yes. And and it it goes to show, you know, when when it someone says to me the other day. Yeah. How come you're always so positive? You you like everybody. (laughs) I love that. And I like because, you know. Growing up, I, I did not have the best childhood, right? I was abused as a child, beaten, the whole deal. But for me, is when I can show love for someone, I don't know what they've gone through. I don't have an idea, a concept. Maybe they're having a bad day. If, some, if I'm driving, somebody cuts me off, I'm like, go ahead, go for it. Go, go. It's okay. I'm okay. If somebody wants to cut me off online, go for it. it you know, you're more important yeah. than me. Obviously, if yeah. somebody wants to talk over me, yes, I'm going to yeah. be quiet and listen to you because what you have to say is more important. So <laughs> for me showing up and for you showing up, a leader needs to know how to lead, but also how to help others become leaders. And I think that's, I can tell that that's what you're doing. Thank you, Sifu. I've got goosebumps because, you know, we met recently and it's like we've known each other for years. And that's really what I set out to do. Um, I I love lifting other people because I believe as we rise, we lift. And I'm I'm the one that if someone is doing that, like those examples that you've mentioned, if they they have to do something before me, I will help them attain Mm. their goal and their vision because I know in the end, we are all just there to, to help each other and to support each other. So I've had many instances where I was on stages and people were like that, for instance, uh, you know, and I would be like very cautious and say, of course, and we will go with the flow. And it's always about the other person, Sifu, because that's where the, that's where the heart comes from. Uh, if we help other people, we learn in the process and it enriches us. And I have no problem uplifting others before myself. And I think I have to say that comes from the martial arts teachings as well. Because martial mm. artists are not people with big egos. We don't boast. We don't go out there and, and do a random things. We, we really want to help society. And we just want to live and love others. So uh, I appreciate uh, everything that I've learned. And thank you for being a leader in my life. I mean, you've impacted me so much in, in such a short time. Ah, thank you. Thank you. You know, you, you keep saying that martial artists are good, but I have to be honest, I've, I've come across some that are not. Oh, oh, I don't know any yet. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's an unfortunate thing where it's, and it's because they're very extremely selfish. Oh, right. Yeah, you. They're only looking out for themselves. They don't care about the other person. Yeah. And in reality, they don't always last as a martial artist. Mm, not a true journey here. To me, not a true martial artist. Sometimes they're in it. Sometimes they're in yeah. it for a very long time, maybe even decades. But in the yeah. long run, at the end mm. of their day, yeah. 
What are they saying? Oh, I was talking yeah. to my instructors yesterday and I asked yeah. her, I said, why did you get into martial arts? Yeah. And she said, my mom. And that's all I knew. Her mom got her into when she was little. I said, okay, fine. But I got to the bottom of it yesterday. Yeah. You want to know why she did Kung Fu specifically? Please tell me. She said, you know, my dad did martial arts when he was younger. Yeah. But it was my grandpa who was a third degree black belt in some style. And she said in his deathbed, yeah. he made his daughter promise yeah. that she would enroll her children, not in any martial arts, wow. but the one that he wished he would have done. He was a third degree in some style of martial arts. I don't know which one. Yeah. But she said, you have to make me a promise. In his deathbed, he said this, you have to enroll my grandchildren yeah. in Kung Fu. Not any others. He specifically said Kung Fu because even though I was a third degree, yeah, I always wanted to do Kung Fu and I never did. And that's one wish I want my grandchildren to have. So this is why my instructor, and she loves Kung Fu. And you're going to get to meet her on Thursday. She's, yeah, she's you know, 19 years old. She's, she's young. And, but her passion is so much there. And the way she helps other people, she is so passionate about it. And the fact that her mom honored her dad oh. by enrolling her in Kung Fu. Before they came to me, yes. they, they lived in Florida. And they did a style in Florida, but it was a Kung Fu style. When the mom moved out here to New York, the mom's like, oh, I'll just enroll them anywhere. And the dad's like, remember? So oh. then she goes, oh, okay. So okay. then they only, and then the daughter, she didn't know any better. She goes, well, I want to learn karate, this style, that style. Yeah. And then the mother's like, no. Yeah. And then so the dad is the one that did all the research and looked me up. And he goes, after he talked to me on the phone, he goes, that's the place I want you to go. Wow. So it was wow. her dad. Her mom said she knew she wanted to do it, but it was her dad who said, after speaking to Sifu Raphael, I can tell that he's going to guide you in the right way. Wow. And she's been with me, you know, for, for six years probably now. Wow. And uh, yeah, so, you know, it, it's, it's when we, and like I said, I've met people who should not know martial arts because they're, they use it for no good, right? They use yeah. it to hurt people or use people. But that's a minority. That's a very small yeah. amount of people, right? Thank yeah. God. But, oh, you know, in reality, and you said it before. Yeah. Every child should learn martial arts. Oh, yes. The way they learn math in school. Oh, yes. The way they learn science, the way they learn reading, it should be part of who they are. Even if they drop it as an adult. Yes. But at least it's been in them. It's ingrained in them. Ingrained. It's taught them yeah. values. You know, during the summer I work, I, I have a camp. They invited me again. I've worked at camps so since I started. I opened my place uh, 29 years ago. And I teach a thousand kids a week martial arts. Wow. A thousand wow. kids and I'm impacting them every week. Wow. That's amazing. And for them to invite me back every summer, they're like, can you please be back? Can you please be back? I'm like, of course, I'll come back. Because it's a pleasure to impact all these children. So there are good people in martial arts, but let's, let's try and guide those people because not everybody should be an instructor as well, right? Oh, yes. Just because you're a black belt doesn't make you an instructor. And and I've seen that before, you know, uh, because obviously we go to, we don't just do our nationals, we do all styles and everything. And it, it doesn't, it's true what you say. If you're a black belt, doesn't mean that you are uh, in the right place, mind space mm -hmm. to be yeah. an instructor. Because an instructor has a certain way uh, that resonates with the students. And uh, I, I see it, I've seen that before. 
and uh, we must be we must be very uh, open and honest about these things that uh, you know some people are black belts but they're better at doing something else than instructing there's always something to do at the dojo of course i mean there's a million things that go on behind the scenes and it doesn't take away from a person but we have to put the right people in the right places because we are building a family and we are building a community we are sure building a community Juanita, I, I love this this connection that you and I have. I am so glad. And it was through Connected Leaders Academy that we met. Yes, yes. So I want to thank Jose Escobar, who's actually going to be my co-host this coming Friday. Well. I'm on Heroes Rising. So take a listen, everybody. Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, Heroes Rising. I'm going to have my new co-host, Jose Escobar. He's an exceptional human being as well. Yeah. yeah. And he's been in the martial arts business for a long, long time. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I know, Zay, very well. I'm so excited uh, to see you guys collaborating. It's going to be amazing. And you have my full support and love. And thank you. I bow and say, Us, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to share your platform. It has been truly phenomenal. And I can't wait to see you on Thursday. Yes, I look forward to it. What is one advice that you would tell everybody in order to level up, if you will? Yeah, yeah. I believe that you should always believe in yourself. Even mm. if other people don't believe in your vision or your dream, never forget, never lose that essence that is you. You are important. You have a, you have a role to fulfill in this world that nobody else can fulfill. Believe in that. If other people walk away from you, just last. Look and finish, uh, cross that finish line and look back one day and say, you know what? Not everybody walked this road with me, but I lasted because I believed in what is inside of me. So always be true to yourself, the martial artist as well. Be true to yourself and uh, just always bring out that authentic self uh, of, you know, to other people. People don't want fake. They want the real you and, and just be, you are acceptable just the way you are. And we love you, and and it's everything is going to be okay in the end. Right, but you did not. One thing before we do go, you did not start as a child in the martial arts. You started as an adult, right? I did. So, what does that tell everybody? Somebody who is so passionate, and you're a brown belt. Yes. And it, it's going to be awesome when you become a black belt because you have so much to to give. But it goes to show everybody that age is a number exactly you can start anytime one of the things that I, I love about people is that you don't have to wait for someone else to tell you you're ready yes i agree you're ready now yes don't wait for what you can do today don't wait for tomorrow you know people always say yes i'm going to start on monday why does monday have to make it into your today's the day why do you have to wait till the beginning? This is the beginning of the year. Do you know how many people start? The gyms are filled. People are coming in. Yeah. And March, cricket, 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 right? <laughs> Nobody's around. <laughs> because it's we got to think of longevity, right? We got to start on a journey. For me, martial arts, listen, I started when I was 10 years old. I've never looked back. and. I yeah. tell the kids, I say, when, I, when I'm teaching four or five-year-olds, seven-year-olds, I say, hey, you guys have a, a hand up on me. You, you started way earlier than you. So when you're yeah. my age, you better be way better than I am. <laughs> and I said, but I'm going to keep practicing because every yeah. day I train, every day I practice, every day I get better. Beautiful. Every day. I mean, it's a lifestyle. I started in my, my mid-30s and, uh, you know, and, and I'm 42 years old, but I I fight with the young guys at the dojo because uh, doing that makes me faster and it makes me stronger. So age is really a number. When I go into the dojo, I don't even think they perceive me as a female. I'm seen as one of the, one of the you know, karateka. So age is not an issue and so is gender as well. Start today, like Stephen said, make that change. It's going to become your lifestyle. And guess what? You are going to discover things about yourself that you never knew were there, and it's going to edify you. Oh, it, it definitely does edify you. But not only that, you 
it doesn't matter the age, you wind up discovering you. Yeah. Wow. Right? True. Exactly like you've said it. You wind up discovering you. Beautiful. And you are beautiful. <laughs> Just look in the mirror, people. Look at that person looking back. That's a beautiful, beautiful soul looking back. Look into your own eyes. You're beautiful. Wow. Be there for you every day. Every day. Thank you so much, Sifu. I love and appreciate you, and I'll see you soon. <laughs> Likewise. Big love, big hugs when I see you. Enjoy, everybody. Have an amazing, amazing day. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. <laughs>